former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield and Company now. Cofield and Company, 5 o'clock hour, feature interview of the hour, former NFL player, former Eagle, Mark McMillan. He is abroad right now. So let's first get into the Thursday night football game, the Chargers. And one of the pivotal plays was a pick six that came back 99 yards. Was that Herbert's fault? Because it looked like Gerald Everett kind of gave up on the play. Yeah, I, w- I would say the receiver, I was thinking, like, w- what's going on? You know, he ran a, a good route. I think if he finishes that route, uh, at least the ball may be incomplete. But he stopped on the route. You can't stop on the route. You know, that was a D- that's a DB's dream. Because he was in outside position, so he had inside position on him. If he, you know, if he just continues to run his route, but you give up on the route and you give up a ninety-nine yard touchdown, I was going crazy in my room at three in the morning. I'm like screaming at my phone because I'm <laughs> screaming, I'm screaming it online. I was like, man, this is awesome, and yeah, that's like that was a huge, huge mistake. Uh, by the receiver, uh, you know, the quarterback, you know, th- you think Justin will be like a little pissed off. No. I would expect a little bit more fire to be like, yo, you know, you're supposed to be in this spot. You know, you lose Keelan Allen. So you, he needs every receiver to be on pay- on the same page as him. And like I said, that was, was a huge division win for, for, for the Chiefs. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think Herbert's style is just to kind of stay calm all the time, which I do like that. I think if it happens again, then the quarterback's got to get on. Gerald Everett, but he's uh, Herbert's just not a screamer and yeller. Overall game, Herbert had a lot of passes underneath, and I saw some people hammering Herbert and the OC and Staley for doing that, but as I watched the game, I think that's what Kansas City wanted, and that's what Kansas City gave them. It was almost like, you know, what everybody was doing to the Chiefs last year. You know, make Patrick Mahomes check the ball down. Don't let Tariq Hill take the ball, you know, take the top off the defense, and just make him earn it. And, you know, for a young quarterback, he's still a young quarterback. And you make him earn it, and you know if you take away the deep ball. Obviously, with, without Keelan, that's his big, that's his deep guy. And you take that that option away from him, and it changes the ball game. And for a quarterback, I'm sure it was extremely frustrating to just check down, check down, check down, not be able to get the over the top. And then you know, you obviously you you give up, you give up the booty on the 99 yard touchdown return, and it's just really, really bad. No doubt, Mark McMillan. Former Eagle, former NFL player, is with us breaking down a little Thursday night football before we get to the Raiders and some other stories around the National Football League. So the other big issue with the Chargers right now is third down, and they continue to show some of the stuff they did last year, which was trying to run between the tackles with Eckler. It's not working. They're 11 of 30 on third downs. How do they fix that? Um, You have to be able to run the ball at some point. But Eckler's not a a between-the-tackle guy. You know, he's a small scat-back guy that can get to the outside, you know, run routes out of the backfield. But if you can't run the ball consistently, um, it it puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And that's one thing as a defensive player, you're taught, your mentality is like, if we are good on third down, we're going to be a good defensive team. And any team that's going to play the Chargers know they're not a good third down team. So they're going to continue to put pressure on this young quarterback and force him to do bad decisions. Mark, you're a small guy. You played in the NFL. You made it. I'm sure you had a couple of big hits over the course of your career. Do you remember a hit or two that you were really proud of, like the biggest hits of your career? Um, I, I would say I, I, he's my guy, Mike Pritchard, you know, when he was with with, with Seattle. Oh! Uh, 
Yeah, I had a pitcher. He caught the ball over the middle. I don't think he seen me to the last minute. And I just went low. And he, the pitcher, you can see, I don't know if he landed on his head or not. But I, I, I he turned a complete flip. Uh, you know, I don't know if Mike remembers that, but I'll, I'll be sure to tweet that picture out. <laughs> uh, when, you know, when I was with Kansas City and he was with he was with the Seahawks. So I would say, as, as far as uh, a big hit for me as a small guy, that was probably one of the biggest hits that I had. So last night we saw a crazy hit. Derwin James, you know, six two two fifteen, got some leverage on Travis Kelsey at about the three yard line. Got him on the shoulder and spiked him, and the internet's went crazy <laughs> over it. Yeah, you know, as a defensive player, you, you know he's a physical safety. And one of the things that you take away from Kelsey, if you get after him and you hit him in the mouth, he's not the same player. And that's the way you get after these guys. These tight ends don't want to be hit. You know, especially Kelsey. He doesn't like physical contact. And when you get a guy that's not afraid to put that lick on him, it's almost like the old school football. No people get tired of saying we're hating. But if you go after these guys, James is known as a physical guy. And, you know, obviously people probably get upset, but it's still football at the end of the day. It's a physical game. Yeah, no one likes to get hit. But then there are certain guys where you're like, man, he really wants to shy away from contact. <laughs> and with quarterbacks, you know, you kind of expect it. Derek Carr did look a little flustered. And Joey Bosa talked trash about him last year. And they really got to Carr and they hit him a lot. And I thought Carr got skittery or kind of jittery against Bosa and Mack. What were the issues with protection? Was it on car, not getting the ball out quickly enough, or was it the O-line? I would say it's a combination of both. You know, uh, first of all, I thought he just came out Devontae Adams heavy. You know, he was feeding him the ball. Obviously, he was making big chunks, but it's a 60-minute game. You got to get your guys involved. You can't wait to the third quarter to obviously, oh, now we're going to hit Renfro. You know, now we're going to get Waller involved. You know, you got to get those guys involved early, and he was just throwing – it was like a DB's dream playing against Carr last week. The ball was just flying all over the yard. Um, I think I tweeted out the other day, and a lot of people was like, well, maybe. I really think you need at least one series, two series of offensive plays in the preseason game to get some kind of rhythm. You know, Waller didn't play the whole preseason game. You know, Renfro didn't play the whole preseason game. And then you're going to play a division team on the road and you think you're just going to amp it up and just ramp it up that that quick? Um, I just saw a lot of mistakes. I didn't see the confidence. I saw his head down at, at, at some times, which is some of the things that he used to do in the past. But last year, he kind of got out of that. But it seems like the old Derek Carr for last week came back again. Yeah, I didn't like the game plan at all. I mean, we thought going in, you got these two great edge rushers in Mack and Bosa, and then they combined for four and a half sacks. 16 quarterback hurries, 10 quarterback hits. At some point in the game, you've got to run the ball between the tackles and try to take those guys out of it. The Raiders ran the ball 13 times the entire game. Yeah, and then when they start running the ball, Jacobs was getting runs in chunks. I just don't understand. It's mind-boggling to see in the National Football League that you don't have a game plan to run the ball because if you have a good running game, it's going to open up the passing game. You can't all of a sudden make an adjustment like we're going to run the ball. That's not an adjustment that you make. You make adjustments at halftime on different formations. Not like, hey, maybe in the second half we need to run Josh a little bit more. And maybe it's a little bit deal with his co- I've been in those situations where they ice a the guy. They don't really want a guy to really get off because every time he touched the ball, 
he either got a first down, his yards, his average yards was really good, and you know it was just too much pass happy. And by then, you know the Chargers was just like, okay. Well, they got a test this week against the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals looked like crap last week against the Chiefs, but they're still dangerous. When you've got a Kyler Murray who can really run, and he, he's fast as hell. Um, yeah. When you've got edges like Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, don't they have a different responsibility this week in terms of their pass rush to make sure they're protecting the edge and they're not constantly running by Kyler Murray? Yeah, they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to be practicing all week. You really can't get upfield on them uh, and open up that lane. Uh, you know, Obviously, he looks for passing lanes, but he's also looking for running lanes as well. Chandler Jones obviously played against and practiced against these guys a lot, so he's going to be very familiar with the offensive uh, alignment. So he should be successful this week. Uh, Max, we know he really likes to get upfield uh, uh, right now and put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But Kyler Murray, it's almost like you got to get upfield and just hold your stance and just like you almost, it's almost like peekable, you know, because he is lightning speed. Uh, he has a really decent arm. He doesn't have the offensive uh, weapons that he had in the past. You don't have Hopkins. Uh, he's still, you know, serving his suspension. You get rid of Christian Kirk. Uh, so they have some issues that Connor can run the ball uh, effectively as well. We know that the Raiders have a little bit of trouble inside, especially with injuries that they have now. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how you corral this young man. That's Mighty Mac, Mark McMillan, the former NFL player. He is uh, out of the country, and it is uh, late, late at <laughs> night. Or he's nice enough to join us here in our 5 o'clock hour on Cofield and Company. Let's start banging through a couple of NFL games and stories uh, first of all, boy, it couldn't go worse for the Cowboys in Week One. They looked terrible against the Buccaneers. I, I, I know, I know, you love it. I know everyone else in the NFC East, all the Cowboy haters, love it. Uh, but now you've got Dak Prescott down for six to eight weeks, and this looks like a team that's incomplete in terms of receiving weapons. They went cheap and got rid of their receiving weapons. Um, this, I, I don't, I don't know that they bounce back. I think it's going to be a bad team. I, I don't know that Cooper Rush is even. An above average, uh, above average backup. I, this could be a freaking disaster in Dallas. It could be a real disaster. Obviously, Jerry Jones. This is what this is. This is the product he paid for. You know, when you try to nickel and dime guys, yep. uh, gave Dak a lot of money. You really didn't go out and get a veteran quarterback. Um, I think you could have made a trade and got something better for that. Um, you had, you know, your one of your top receivers was injured in, in training camp, and he's going to be out for what. The next couple of weeks, you lose your starting quarterback. You lose your starting left tackle. Uh, you know, th there's injuries all over that offensive line. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has been on a decline the last couple of years. He's not the same guy. Um, so it, it's going to be really tough for the Dallas Cowboys uh, to, to win some games. You know, Cooper Rush, you're like, you're the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it, it, that's a prestigious position playing for one of the most historical franchises and the pressure alone um he's not used to throwing to these receivers you know he's usually throwing to the to the backup guys the scout team guys so you got to go through all that and then try to gear up and play a national football league game guys are licking their chops they're gonna be blitzing him like crazy are in good shape you know in the division now commanders won their first game giants right there with the titans pull the upset uh, Eagles have a yeah. tough one, though. This is a tough one, and Jalen Hurts played really well in game number one, was really dangerous on the ground, but they're going against a, an offensive juggernaut, and they got to find a way to slow down Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had his way last week, and I was I got a chance to see that game as well. 
Uh, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, Rodgers did play really well, but man, they really got after him on both sides of the ball. Uh, but the Eagles have a really good secondary. You know, obviously last year, last week, they gave up some big chunk plays. You know, they wasn't good on third down. And, you know, they, they allowed Detroit to extend plays. And actually, they were still in the game. As well as the offense moved the ball up and down the field, Jalen didn't have any uh, big, big mistakes. Um, his completion percentage was good. They ran the ball really well. Special teams played well. But I think the Eagles played a little bit soft coming in the second half and let the Lions back in the game. We got a real weird spot. You know, it wasn't easy for the Steelers to pull the upset on the Bengals. The Bengals, uh, you know, turned the ball over a bunch and moving the ball up and down the field. But the Steelers got the win, and the Pats look like hell the first week. Funny enough, here in Vegas, the Pats are the favorite. They've been the favorite all week. Uh, just saw a little while ago that Mac Jones is off the injury report. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, I trust in Belichick. I just don't know that they have the personnel. I don't know that they have the coaching. I think the Steelers are going to start out 2-0. and I think the Steelers are going to have a good chance about it. And one thing I always say, the Steelers are well coached. They draft really well. They have players that fit their system. They have players that really want to play for Mike Tomlin. As you can see in the game, they did. They never gave up. You know, they always felt like they were going to win that game. Uh, Mac Jones, who probably just got lifted off the list, is now. You think they're going to sit back? They're going to be coming after Mac Jones. Uh, like I say, he's still young. He doesn't have the offensive weapons. Uh, even seeing New England when they had to come to uh, when they came to Vegas and scrimmage against the Raiders, I was not impressed at all. I didn't see anything that that warranted like, man, the Patriots are going to be you know a, a, a little bit of trouble uh, in that division. You know, obviously Buffalo is the cream of the crop, but you look at Miami and what they were able to do. Uh, two was the only quarterback I think to go what four or five and zero against Belichick. A lot of people are not talking about that, but. Yeah. Undefeated against Belichick. Yeah, I think Manning's got the most wins against Belichick with five, and Tua is now tied for second with four with Big Ben. Someone doesn't belong, but it's a whole different era of Patriots football. So uh, one last game to mention. Boy, the Buccaneers are beat to hell right now. They've got injuries all over the offensive line. Leonard yeah. Fournette uh, is questionable for the game. Um, you know, that said, though, I I got to tell you, with all the stuff going on, it looks like you know it is marital issues, and his, you know um, his wife – is you know having issues with him not being around, retiring, unretiring. Brady came <laughs> out, man. They, the Bucks looked really good, and especially their their defense, if healthy, oh, is is a badass defense. Yeah, they really got after it. Uh, it was exciting to see them. It was almost like the year the one they won the Super Bowl. Uh, their linebackers flying to the ball, secondary coming up and making big time tackles. Uh, defensive linemen really getting after it, and Brady was focused. He was locked in, yep. uh, you know. Uh, it just, you know, obviously he does that little roar before every game, but it looked like he had a little bit extra. Um, it, it, man, when you're going through some stuff off the field, when you're you have one of the hottest wives uh, in America, and you know she's probably like, "Yo, something needs to give." Either you're going to be here, you're not going to be going back and forth playing with our family life. And he was really freaking locked in. He was throwing darts. You look at him on the sideline; he was stoic. Uh, you know, they look really good, you know, on the road. It's always tough to win on the road. I don't care what team you play for or what team you play against. And they look really good. Fournette ran the ball really well. I think he had over 100-something yards rushing, so he looked good. By the way, Godwin also ruled out earlier this afternoon, so one less weapon for Tom Brady. Have a good time in your uh, international travels, and we will check in with you next week. Hope all is well. All right. I appreciate you having me on.
Awesome spot there with the former NFL player Mark McMillan. Giveaway time. JVT is hosting the big silver and black after party at Crazy Horse 3 right there on Russell across from the stadium. It's free admission for locals with or without the Raiders ticket. Hundreds of beautiful women and a great kitchen for snacks after the game. JVT will be on hand from 5 to 8 for the after party. And you can be two for free. Right now we'll give away the VIP pack. Table for four, free admission. And Crazy Horse 3 is going to hook you up with a bucket. Caller 7 right now. Crazy Horse 3 after party. Sundays, after home games, right across the street from the stadium. Caller 7, VIP treatment at Crazy Horse 3 for this Sunday with John Von Tobel and the ladies. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller number 7. Steve Sears Bikini Tug of War is this Wednesday at the Plaza Pool. Cofield and Company will be live from 3 to 6. If I have something constructive, then I'm going to try to coach it. You know what I mean? And that's the best I can do. But our guys, I think they really understand what we're trying to do. I thought they demonstrated that in the preseason of trying to be less penalized, trying to take care of the football on a a play-to-play basis. So just going back to our fundamentals and really working on that, trying to do it in practice. You know, we believe that what we do in practice will carry over to the game. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Good night of college football. Wyoming out to an early 3-0 start against the Air Force in the Mountain West Conference. That one is at Wyoming. Air Force laying 17, 16 and a half. And a freaking shootout with Louisville and Florida State. And uh, Travis, the quarterback for Florida State, 11 of 11 for 148 and a couple of touchdowns. That was Josh McDaniels on the way back. You know, it's weird. I guess coaches will often look at least when they speak to the media, for some positive things to latch on to. And in this case, McDaniels can talk about a week of good film to work with, right? There was a lot to correct and show, guys, from a week ago. We're going to get to our Raiders pick in just a couple of minutes. It's Willie's here. It's Cofield. But before that, can we crank up the NFL Films music? I love that. I love that as a mood. I love that as a mood. Uh, Let's go through some of the other games, and then Willie's got his four-pack of picks, including the Raiders game, around 548 this hour. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, Treasure Island, first of two shows that we do on Friday and then Saturday. Willie and Gooch are back here, 9 a.m., covering the NFL, getting ready for UNLV football. That's a kickoff at noon tomorrow. Do you have a side in the Panthers and the Giants? The Giants are laying two. Giants fans are all fired up about the debut of Dayball. Uh, to me, this looks like two teams that are like seven-win teams, and I don't know that I want to lay points in this case. So I don't think I'll play it, but I would lean Panthers. I would lean – well, here's the thing. My immediate thought is Giants. So it tells me that, you know, I don't care who you are. If you're, you know, yeah, that's how the Sharps think is your first thought – it's generally how everybody's thinking, so you do the opposite. And that's what makes you sharp. It's the people that don't go that way that keep you square. So I definitely would probably end up playing the Panthers if I was smart because my first thought is, oh, the Giants look like the play. Man, the Dolphins have a host of injuries, offensive line issues, lots of wide receivers, questionable. Ravens are three and a half at home. I already bet the Ravens. I hate laying the hook, but I already bet the Ravens against the Dolphins. I'm not going to say after one week the Dolphins are a fraud, but I think we're going to find out 
The Pats aren't very good, so I'm not sure what that 20-7 to win last week by uh, Miami, what it really means. Before I answer that, i got to ask you this. Uh, you obviously are not a buy-the-hook-off guy. No. Okay. Um, the Ravens are, the, without a doubt, the, the right play. The reason that this line looks like this and it's like, what? why is it so low, is because Miami beat New England. And it's it's not necessarily – I think we all know that New England is going through a phase right now, but it's, it's as if I – I don't think that people realize – I think the odds makers are just giving Miami a little too much credit. But – as I said on Throw the Flag last week with Gooch, uh, we give one pick each, our pick of the week. Baltimore was my best bet. Lamar Jackson is complete prove-you-wrong mode the entire season. He is going to go off. This being the home opener, love the Ravens. Oh. It's, it, I mean, We're in agreement. That's okay. But I do, I do think the uh, Ravens are one of the elite teams in the NFL. Yeah. I don't believe the Dolphins are. Boy. Lions, for the first time in 24 games, are going to be a favorite. That's, uh, I think, the longest streak in history of being a dog. Yeah. Lions are one against the Commanders. I would not touch this game, um, but I do have some information in terms of um, from one of my guys for for some stuff that I do outside. Um, Sharps are on the Commanders, plus 2.5 versus Lions. Now Lions minus 1.5, which has the public backing the Lions at this point. So that was an original move on the Sharps to, to play the Commanders. I don't have an opinion on the game, but so there you have it. Sharps, Sharps took the Commanders plus the points, and now the public's backing the Lions at minus 1.5. Seahawks plus 9 against the Niners? I think so. I, I, I You know, I, I think that... Uh, you know, I think that Geno Smith proved a lot. I think, I obviously think that there was a lot on the table in the Monday night game, and I think that Pete Carroll, we talked about this uh, during our show at Twin Peaks, and that Pete Carroll had just as much of a chip on his shoulder that Russell Wilson did, but still, now you win that game outright, and it's a division game. You know, I'm not that impressed by Trey Lance. So I, I like to see, I like to, that's a lot of points. I think we're a little, I was a little harsh on Trey Lance considering the conditions. It was uh, pretty bad last week with the rain in Chicago. And I don't think Geno Smith proved anything. I think Geno had a good first half, and then everyone got all, you know, got all gaga over Geno. So I'm not going to touch the game, but I could see the Niners winning comfortably. Are the Rams going to blow out the Falcons? They're laying 10. A lot of points. A lot of points. We heard Aaron Book say, he put Marcus Mariota right there in the mix. He said, give, give us the pecking order. Uh, they blew that game last week against the Saints. That yeah. said, I don't like Arthur Smith getting up there after the game, getting into the media saying, you know, you wrote us off. I'm sure you will. Like, bruh, relax. Relax, yeah. Relax. It's, it's, it's a lot of points. It's just not a game that I'm interested in playing. I, I might look at the over in that one. I think the Rams might come out a little bit angry and force an up-tempo style game. I'm not a double-digit layer. That sounds creepy, doesn't it? Yeah. But Packers 10 against the Bears, I might lay it. Yeah. It, I mean, the classic, right, the the oldest school NFL rivalry. Um, I think yeah, – talk about a team with something to prove. Um, I believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to want to come out, especially on prime time, and, and sort of make a statement. Um, and, and, you know, he gets fired up for the Bears. So if you're going to play that game, you got to lay the points, in my opinion. Next Wednesday, we're on the road. Next leg of the Steve Sears Summer Tour 2022. We always do really cool events with Steve. Stop number one was 
Ellis Island with a bunch of the uh, stars of MMA. That was awesome at the front yard. Next up, we go to the pool. The Plaza Pool, another bikini tug of war. This is a Steve Sear classic. It's got ladies from nightclubs around Las Vegas and gentlemen's clubs. Three woman teams, bikinis, tug of war, officially sanctioned. He tweeted me today uh, a photo of the trophy. My God, this thing is gigantic. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. But you can come out and watch. We'll be there live next Wednesday. Admission for locals is free. It's at the Plaza Pool downtown. Drinking food specials. Weigh-ins at 3 o'clock. Yeah, he actually does weigh-ins because uh, they cannot weigh. A three-person team cannot weigh more than 390 pounds. And then the tugging, the war, starts at 4 o'clock. We'll be live on air at the Plaza Pool. That's a good place to be hanging out in uh, the third week of September with Cofield and Company and ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Next show up here at the Golden Circle is tomorrow. Throw the flag with Willie and Gooch. They got breakfast now for the football games. Four excellent menu items, the breakfast sandwich, two broken eggs, bacon and cheddar cheese on a grilled jalapeno. Mm. What? Cornbread served with hash brown potato, chicken, chilaquiles, breakfast meat lovers quesadilla, bottomless mimosas, Bloody Mary pitchers, got the uh, chorizo con papa's breakfast bowl. Have you dug into some of these? Which one? All of them? Did, they just introduced it like two weeks ago. Yeah, no, no. I've had a couple of those. Okay. Let me just say, this is week. Give me some pictures, by the way. I need pictures. This is week seven of Throw the Flag, but we've been down here also. I have yet to have one thing off this menu, either this menu today or the breakfast, where I've gone, eh, I'm probably not going to get that again. Everything, I'm, and I'm not just saying that because we're sitting here. I'm talking about, and and. How fast does this stuff come? I mean, and it's hot. It's not, it's not that kind of hot, you know, where it's been sitting under the burner and it comes out and it looks like it's been sitting there. Like, they're ready to go. They're preparing it. It is tremendous. Last week, you guys had a great show. You had uh, two guys tied to VGK, one current player and Keegan Colasar. And if you want to check out that interview, it's up on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. But you also, little reunion with the market. Not that he's really gone. He's on the Rangers, but Ryan Reeves. Former VGK hero joined Willie and Gooch, and we wanted to give you a little bit of that interview because a lot of it was about football. But uh, this part of the interview starts out with you guys asking, "Hey, Ryan Reeves, what were you doing during the summer?" We were in Vegas for most of it. We went uh, actually up to Winnipeg for two weeks uh, to see some friends and family. I haven't uh, I haven't been back there except playing for the last you know basically three years. So. Um, you know, went to see my mom, my dad, my nana, um, some friends and family. Um, but yeah, family's good. Had a couple weddings. Uh, we were at Carlson's wedding, at Nate Schmidt's wedding. Buddy, I uh, used to play with uh, Robert Tuzo. We were at his wedding in Vail, so it was uh, it was busy. Just how you want summer to be. See lots of uh, friends and family, and you know, travel around a little bit. Hit the pool a lot. I was definitely uh, trying to escape the Vegas heat in the pool. We got Ryan Reeves right here on Throw the Flag, and Ryan. We understand that we wanted to get you last week, but someone was in the middle of a fantasy football draft. You know what happened, actually? That one did not go well. I Something was going off my phone, and I ended up having to uh, auto-draft. I got Some of my top players were the exact players I was trying to avoid this year. Like I got Tariq Hill, 
I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want anything to do with McCaffrey. I got him. I got Trey Lance as my quarterback, which, you know, we'll see how he does. But not overly excited about that one. My other team is, isn't too bad, though. First pick was uh, Jamar Chase. So we, it was a, I was number eight out of – it was a big league, 16 t- uh, teams. So very thin after, you know, like the fifth round, basically. So I, I had, like, you know, I got my boy D. Carr. I got Fournette, Sanders, Jamar Chase. Allen Robinson, or yeah, Allen Robinson. I got Waller too, so we got some players, but it definitely thins out after uh, the first couple rounds with 16 teams. We got Ryan Reeves right here on Throw the Flag. Has there ever been a situation where you beat up a dude on the ice and then later on in your career you find yourself on the same team with the guy? Who should be the one to extend the olive branch first? Is it the ass whooper or the ass whoopee? Well, the ass whoopee, because if he doesn't extend, he might get his ass whooped again. So <laughs> I would say the, the whoopee every time. So when you end, land in New York, and you're with, I thought it was cool because you landed back with Turk. What was that reunion like? It, it was great, honestly. I, uh, you know, for me, I think that's probably my, uh, the, my favorite coach I've ever played for. Um, you know, he, I, he's a guy that, you know, understands my role. And, you know, he knows that I'm not going out and scoring 40 goals, but he, he gets what I bring to the table. And, um, you know, some coaches, some coaches get that and some coaches don't. And, and, you know, that's fine. Not everybody likes my style of player. Um, just like not all, not all fans like my style of play. And then that's fine too. But the decision to come to New York, um, was very largely based on the fact that Turk was the coach here and, uh, you know, that uh, I'd be re- uh, reuniting with him. I, d- I don't know if I would have been overly eager to come here without him, uh, to be honest. You know, I, I, d- I don't know. You know what the coaching situation would have looked like, and you know who, how he would have used me, and you know, I, as you know, as I get older, I think I, I want to try and play as long as I can, and I, I think Turk gives me the best opportunity to keep getting contracts. So you know, obviously my play, my play is going to dictate that too a lot, but um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a big part of the trade, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm still playing for him. We got Ryan Reeves right here on Throw the Flag. I don't know how many people know this. You are a major, major Raiders fan. You are like Raider Nation insane, right? Huge Raiders fan. So I was, quick uh, backstory, I guess, I was a Jerry Rice fan. I, I was always a, like a player fan when I was younger, so I was a big Patrick Waugh fan. So I, was, you know, I kind of followed the Montreal Canadiens, and then when he, when he went to uh, Colorado, I was a huge Colorado fan. Um, so yeah, I was, a, I was a big Jerry Rice fan. So I was 49ers. He got traded to the Raiders. I just, I fell in love with those, the uniforms and just like the, the fans there, the black hole. I know Jerry, I know Rice went to uh, Seattle after there for a little bit of a stint, but I just, you know, I fell in love with the Raider nation. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, since he's been there, I've been, uh, all Raiders through some tough seasons for sure. But, um, yeah, I haven't, haven't wavered. Well, won't, uh, won't ever consider it. We got Ryan Reeves right here on Throw the Flag. We saw a viral video of you uh, with you and the one and only nature boy, Ric Flair. What was that? (laughs) Of course. Where were you guys? You know, we were in Wayne, New Jersey, doing a commercial for Car Shield together. And uh, we we finished the shoot, and he just looked at me and was like, hey, you're coming out for a couple beers. I'm like, what am I going to say, no to Nature Boy? So, no, we uh, we, we went out for a couple beers, and uh, we had a good time, watched a little bit of football. He actually owes me 100 bucks because he had the Rams in that game. I had uh, had the Bills. He said, no chance the Bills are winning. So, uh, Nature Boy, if you're listening, I want my 100 bucks. There you go. Ric Flair owes Ryan Reeves $100. That must have been... A freaking hoot.
going out and drinking with Ric Flair, especially when you hear about his exploits, because yeah. I'm sure he can still do it. The guy's been near death multiple times, and now, what is he, like 73 now? He's up there. A car commercial in Wayne, New Jersey. All right. It's your neck of the woods. Not really, but home state, yeah. yeah. Wayne's way up there. That was a good conversation, really good conversation. It was, it was fun. It was if fun. you want to listen to the whole thing, because that was about four and a half minutes of 15, you can go to uh, ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter, and uh, we'll also send out the, uh, the Spotify page we use to send out a lot of our ISOed interviews. I forgot that he was a Raiders fan. Yeah, and it, so one of the things that we talked about was he goes on – he's. Uh, this was before they came here, but they had already announced they were coming to Las Vegas. And a couple of the guys from in town, I think Adam was there, I think Vince Sapienza from Channel 5, but they look over, and who's throwing footballs and stuff into the, and engaging with the crowd? They see this big guy, right, his upper body in a Raider jersey, and they look over, and it's Ryan Reeves. And so they go over and start kibitzing with him, and he says that – he gets out there. He loves wearing the Raider jersey, and, and whether it's the beanie or the shades or whatever, and the kids eat it up. They don't even realize, and they just think he's a player. So he just starts signing autographs. That was part of the interview. But he, uh, he talked a little bit about that. But, yeah, he, he loves the Raiders, and the fact that they're here now, of course, it's, it's a little bit during training camp as, as they get ready to start up. He's already back east. But uh, that was fun. It was fun. Ryan and I had planned that for a couple of weeks. We've been texting back and forth. And as Gooch mentioned, he was going to come on during his fantasy draft. He was going to do the draft while he was on what the is air. He, is Adam Hill? Can't do that. No, but it was – but well, I told him because I said because my co-host is a fantasy nut because Gooch does a fantasy. I don't do the fantasy. Right. But But then he texted me on the Thursday before he goes, dude, I can't pull – I'm not – I can't, can't do, do it. it. Let's do it next week. He, he had an auto draft. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. a total disaster. Exactly. So I wonder if the auto draft happened before he canceled with you, and that's when he realized he's like, I can't. I can't be in two leagues and it risk very, another auto draft. Very well could have been. Yeah. He, uh, the auto draft team wasn't bad. He was like, all guys I wanted to avoid, yeah. and it included Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. You're okay there. How he got Trey Lance's quarterback, that one's a little bit shaky. Are you Now, you're a draft guy, and, and I was talking to Adam when, he was, when we were at that dinner, and he was doing it across the table, right? And uh, I can't remember what round he was in, and I was like, quarterback? He was like, no, 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 you don't do that to the later rounds. Are you that way too? Well, I don't do a lot of uh, snake drafts, but, yeah, when, when I do, I, I'll generally wait. And it also depends on the scoring. Most leagues, the scoring doesn't minimize quarterbacks, but it's kind of reduced the impact of the quarterback. So I, I always wait because, like Reeves said, you know, in real life people have a problem with Derek Carr, but if he's the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th quarterback taken. It's not a bad thing. You know, late in a draft, you're fine. Rather, you know, as opposed to if you, you know, if you go Mahomes or Herbert or Josh Allen in the first round, like you may, you're going to have a quarterback who's going to score a lot of points. But then you look back at your roster afterwards and you're like, oh God, I don't have a second running back. Oh God, my third receiver stinks or my second receiver stinks. So that's kind of the risk when you don't take a wide receiver running back early. I have a major big draft tomorrow. You do. Yeah. I thought you just said you're not a fantasy guy. I'm not. Okay. We talked about this last year. You know what I have tomorrow? My Vegas Golden Knight season ticket draft. Oh, that's right. So I, I'll be here from 9 to 11 with Gooch. Then I'll be at the UNLV football game. And then after that, I'll drive right down the road to meet with the boys 
and we do our, our goal. And we lost it. One guy dropped off. Actually, two guys dropped off. We only picked up one. So now there's only four of us, so we have added games. And then, of course, we use them for clients at the Perfect Gym or Jordan, if whoever he wants to take, if he wants to take a client, um, or we gift them. I make sure that my mom gets to go to a game or two, you know. Um, well, there's nothing like last year when you're waiting on the return of Flurry. Yes, I got the. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, last year because we talked. Oh, time about flies. That. Yeah. I got the. I got the, the first one. So yeah, that was. Uh, it's good. It's, it's fun. It's good times. I. You know, here's the thing. So I would have been able to go here and then straight to the tick kickoff noon, and I would have left around three ish. Uh, and then I would have picked up Kalua from the pet resort, but now he's got to spend the night, and he gets boarded, and he gets in the suite, and they give him the, the oh, rub down nice. and the whole bit. So yeah, so he it's like he's he now he gets the staycation at the pet resort because I got to go to the Golden Knights season ticket draft. The rub down. Sure. Uh, Air Force is being held scoreless right now. Good defensive effort by Wyoming. Ten minutes left in the half. There it's three nothing Wyoming, and then a shootout in the second quarter. About eight minutes left in the half. Louisville and Florida State fourteen apiece. Sundays at 8 a.m. Get ready for the day in pro football with Adam Candy's Sunday football preview show live inside Westgate Superbook right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. About 10 minutes left here, and then we cut out Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. These guys are great hosts, so Willie and Gooch are back tomorrow with Throw the Flag, their weekly Saturday show, 9A to 11, and you're just telling me about the guest load tomorrow. I think, you, I think you're running out of space. Oh, man, it's going to be tremendous. We have John Sassenti, Executive Director for the Las Vegas Bowl, so we'll get to talk to him a little bit about how maybe the, college, the new college playoff format will help them or how it will affect Las Vegas. Um, we'll have a lot of things to talk about him. Caleb Herring, color commentary, UNLV football, will be on to preview real quick for us, North Texas and UNLV. David Brandt, AP sports writer, covering the Arizona Cardinals to talk about the Raiders game here in Las Vegas. Former Raider Greg Townsend will check in. We'll talk to him for a little bit. Um, I'm hoping and expecting to get Marcus Arroyo, for a quick shot in, shot out before the game. And we'll finish things up with Lotus's own Christopher Chapman before he hosts the UNLV pregame show, which I believe is 1130. And then you it's 11 o'clock. 11, 11 o'clock. It's a quick one. Yep. I know you're, you guys are going to have him on for a couple minutes. And then 11 to 1130. And Learfield goes live at 1130. Kickoff at noon. There you go. UNLV football. Noon tomorrow right here on ESPN Las Vegas against North Texas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, busy weekend at the Owl. We'll, uh, I, was, I was caught in between there. Will not resemble the field and how it looked with the opener for UNLV and the night before the Pats and the Raiders. The grass field was not being used for both games. That was never intended. And that field didn't look great. It was beat up. A photo sent out earlier by the local paper. Um, the new sod turf has been laid down sitting outside on the tray you know they have the the two fields artificial turf for UNLV the grass tray for the Raiders so they'll slide that in after the game tomorrow and it looks good they did a good job I saw you know it's funny there are experts on everything on Twitter and I saw people reacting to the condition of the grass field and like someone just put you know just again anonymous John you know with 17 numbers after it oh that's just a that's just a bad groundskeeper like 
Moron. They played soccer on the field. They played multiple football games. They were just like, hey, we're not going to resod it before multiple football games. Yeah. It was always going to be ready for the opener. They had, like, basically three and a half weeks between right. the UNLV game onto the Cardinals game. It'll look good. They're not going to overextend. Just relax. And now everything is back to normal. The new sods lay. The turf tomorrow. I mean, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Willie and I made some preseason bets. We will make some in-season bets. I'll be getting ready this week with some in-season bets. Um, Chiefs minus two and a half wins over the Raiders. How are you feeling? Chiefs out to a two and zero oh start. It's early. It's early. You good? Sweating. A little I'm bit. laying the two and a half. You're sweating a little bit. I sweat a little bit till till Sunday, but I think the Raiders are going to come out strong. Um, I just, I, I really just, I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was expecting. I just don't think I was expecting Kansas City to look like they're playing angry. Like, yeah. they're playing very deliberate football the first two weeks. I have the Jaguars. I mean, this was a ridiculous bet. I have the Jaguars minus how many again? It's the same bet. How are you two off on this? I, I saw it. You I, sent this over. You you know what it is? You were hoping that I'd forget and come in with a lower number because you're feeling. To up today. Yeah, you're feeling a little I'm crappy. not at all. No, yeah, no not but, at all. After one week, I'm fine. My, te- my Texans look great. Look great. Get out of here. <laughs> Me, Lovey Smith, and Brevin Jordan, baby. Let's go. And then our bet on who would be the starting quarterback for the Steelers week seven. Because I say Trubisky holds on to the job. Kenny Pickett won't start before week seven. You're feeling good about that one, it's, that he is going to start it's, earlier? Timeout. It's, you have this. I see how people get irritated with you, with you with these bets. I put this together in like two minutes. Okay, but you worded it. Like, I, like, it's a good thing that I don't have to sign anything. Colefield has. Kenny Pickett won't start before. It's week seven or before. If I agree to this, you're going to go, oh, no, 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 you said before. It's week seven or because I said by week seven. So it's week seven or before, not before week seven. You're not getting me on this technicality, sir. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused. Um <laughs> Well, back, read it. Back. Read the sentence. It says, won't start before week seven. The way it's worded means before. I said by week seven. So it, so week seven's included. The way you have it worded on the rundown today, okay, it's before. I'm confused. In the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Jets, Browns. Browns. Are you going to jump on the Jets? No. Why not? No, no. What's the problem? You're getting six and a half. Now, you're going to lay it with the Browns? Absolutely. Nice. There's no, I mean, come on. I looked it up. Flacco, eh. his history at that stadium and, and against the, no, I got the Browns. Patriots two and a half at the Steelers. I like the Steelers. Do you know that the Steelers, since Mike Tomlin came into the, uh, since he started coaching, have the third best record in the NFL? And he's got a really good. I, I just accidentally deleted. I had the browser up with the with the record because through the the subscription that I have over at uh, Stathead, and I had it up and. They have one of the best against the spread numbers with him as a coach as well. So that's not the only reason why, but I wanted to pull that up just in case. And sure enough, it solidified. But I like the Steelers. Angry Broncos lost at Seattle, home opener, laying 10 against your Texans. I'm taking the 10. I'm taking the scrappy 10. I don't, I don't, I don't I have don't, a problem with that. I don't think Houston's going to win, but, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not. No, I'm not laying that. I mean, I like Houston plus 10. I think they're going to come in with a little fire in the ass, and I think that they're going to, you know, hang. They'll hang within double digits, 
Russell Wilson will have a better game, but I think the defense is going to come after him. And I think Houston will move the ball a little bit. I think they'll stay within. Low scoring. Raiders laying five and a half against the Cardinals. What's your play? I'm all over the Raiders. Really? All over the Raiders. I think it'll be a much better game for Derek Carr. Uh, I don't like that Cardinals are banged up terribly. No DeAndre Hopkins. I think Chandler Jones, based on the text messages he got with the coach, I just think that I think him and Max Crosby, as everybody's using this phrase, is going to get home this week. I, I, I like the. I think the defense. I think it's going to be balanced on both sides, and I think the Raiders cover this handedly. I'm hoping it gets a six because I'm going to take the Cardinals, but I don't think it will. Sharps moved it from three and a half to five and a half, so the number's kind of dead. But I still like it. Just so you know. And I will be at the game as a fan. I will not be wearing Cardinals gear. I want to stay safe. After seeing all the fights on video in Week One, I'm not. I'm not risking it. Just listen. Thanks to Treasure Island. Yeah. Willie's back tomorrow with Gooch, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. start. Be down here.